Hello and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, hello, hello. I am back with one of your favorite guests I've had, the most fabulous Freya Graf. We are going to do a little TMI. And if you don't know what TMI stands for, it is too much information. So we're going to do a TMI episode with a bunch of funny stories. Um, and I hope you guys love it. We're going to do a part one on my podcast and Freya has actually launched her podcast called Labia Lounge, which like, don't we just fucking love that name? So I'm going to do part one on here and then I'm going to send you over to her pod to listen to part two. It's going to be super fun. So I guess I will bring her on in. Welcome Freya. Thanks, my love. So good to be back. (laughs) It's been so long. I'm so glad to have you and I'm so glad, well, not glad, sorry, I'm so excited to get into all of these TMI stories and just start sharing all the funny juice out of our lives. (laughs) Me too. I know. It's a a fucking great topic and I actually have, um, so like this this episode idea was born from uh, a segment that I have on my podcast, The Labia Lounge, um, called TMI. We love it because don't we all just love hearing TMI stories? Like, uh, you know, it's it's just where all the juice happens. And I think it's really important to talk about the stuff that people don't often talk about to like destigmatize it and normalize it and empower us to feel like it's okay to talk about sex and genitals and period bloopers and like, you know, all that stuff that usually happens behind closed doors. So, I'm pumped. Absolutely. It's like the kind of thing you Google and then clear from your like history that you don't (laughs) want anyone to know that you actually like want to find something out about, but we all fucking do it. It's regardless of whether it's something to do with your period, something embarrassing that happened in sex Well, is normal, but you might think is embarrassing. Mm. There's so much of it. So yeah, I can't Mm -hmm. wait to get involved. Totally. I've got like a blog post that's called, what is your period blood telling you about your health? And like, I get these like Google analytics being like, what's the most searched for term that people visit your website for? And the most searched for thing is like, jelly-like clots in my period blood. (laughs) What's wrong? (laughs) Oh my God. That's so interesting that you can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, it's like comment, uh, like search phrases and how they land on that blog post. And yeah, that gets like the most searches because I guess a lot of people are having clots and like jellyish kind of consistency in their period blood. So it's like exactly what you were saying, like this sort of shit you search and then, <laughs> yeah. Even like discharge, like mm-hmm. I used to think that like no one got discharge and it was like only me and I'd be like, like really like embarrassed. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, why is there's this fucking shit coming out of my pussoir? And then I remember like one day I was like getting changed to go to the beach with one of my girlfriends and she'd kind of like left her undies, like she'd like pretty much dropped her undies to put on her bikini bottoms, but just kind of like left the undies on the floor. And I saw like the like white mark and I was like, I'm not alone. Like it was was this weird realization. I was like, this is so fucked up. But no, totally. Oh my God. I've actually, I mean, we've already, we're, we're, we're doing it. We're launched in because I have a story, a TMI story that is related to that, that just came off. Like I fully forgot about this, but, um, my friend was saying like when she started dating her partner, she, he was like doing the laundry and like, she was always really like 
embarrassed for him to like pick up her dirty undies and stuff because of that discharge like smear, um, mm. which is, by the way, uh, sex coach Freya speaking, that is perfectly normal. It's like actually like the epithelial wall shedding natural like dead cells and it's mixed with like cervical fluid and vaginal mucus and it's like completely fine. Everyone has it. Um, you have it at different levels throughout the month in your cycle and whatever. But anyway, the, the smear on your undies um he like picked up this pair of undies and it had like you know kind of like a bit of a smattering of of vag juice that had kind of crusted up on there and he like held him held him up and was like yikes what happened to this guy as though like some bug had been squashed or something you know like in her undies no (laughs) yeah and I just thought it was the best I was like that's fuck that is such a great story and like such a great way for him to like normalize it and like make it a more kind of playful silly like he wasn't like oh gross let's not talk about that I just saw her underwear smear he was like obviously a fucking real man and knew that discharge was a thing and was like making a making a fun joke about it (laughs) I'm like was he or was he like what the fuck's this? Is this a bug? <laughs> no, he was joking. I know him and he's, he's a doll. <laughs> okay, great then. Dude, that reminds me. Um, I hooked up with this guy when I was like maybe like 18 or something and lol, embarrassing. I left my undies at his house. Like who? that's like the first oh time <laughs> leaked their shoe in a nightclub. Like how did I just go home without my undies on? Anyway, he messaged <laughs> me like later on a photo and it's like, this half-eaten G-string. His dog has eaten the crutch of my G-string. So, like, obviously (laughs) went the fucking discharge and ate Mm -hmm. it. And I honestly was fucking deceased. Like, I was so mortified. (laughs) Especially because I was so young. I was like, this is such an uncomfortable thing. Like, I can't believe my Mm -hmm. dog, your dog ate my underwear. Like, and I can't believe I left them there firstly. Oh my God. I reckon so many people would have a story like that. I've got not that exact one, but definitely, actually, no, I've got, I've got the trifecta. I've had a dog at someone's house pull out a tampon, like a used tampon of mine from, I think I'd like wrapped it in toilet paper. And you know, when you're staying at someone else's house, you don't want to like leave it in their toilet bin if it's like a family that don't have a bunch of teenage girls or something. This is when I was young. And so you kind of like wrap it up in toilet paper and you put it in your pocket and then you walk back to their bedroom and then you like chuck it in your bag. Anyway. This is something um, I've done too and I didn't know if it was normal. Oh, mate, I reckon like that. This is the thing. This is like, holy shit. We feel so ashamed of like what our bodies do and we feel so like messy and, you know, that – that we are constantly trying to hide the fact that we bleed or that we are currently bleeding. And so like, I reckon the, the, like the sort of sanitary product disposal strategies, like get pretty creative. Cause you'll find yourself in a spot where you're just like, fuck, what do I do with this? Like I've like tucked it into my undies and like walked back, like anyway, but then I also had a dog get a dirty, dirty, um, like a used condom and like drag it around the house and my undies, yeah. The tampon. Um, so it was a different dog. It was at a different house. I can't even remember like where the condom one was. Obviously someone who I was banging. Um, but yeah, like used condom. And then I think I've had a dog like run away with, where was it? It was kind of recently too. It was like someone's dog like 
went into my overnight bag. I must have just had it kind of all on the floor and was like running around. We're chasing him around the house and he had my undies in his mouth. And I was just like, fucking kill me. Like, because there was like, it was someone's parents' house, I think. There was, there was definitely adults there, you know, like real adults. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not fucking adults yet. Dude, but it, it is interesting though because like, I, I don't flush my tampons. Whereas like, I know that a lot of my girlfriends flush them, but I, my mum has just always taught me to wrap my tampon in toilet mm. paper and put it in the bin. Like that's just mm. how I've been brought no, up. Like, flush. Never just fucking chuck a rogue tampon that hasn't been like wrapped in something in the oh, bin. You're like, asking for, for a toilet clog, like you're asking yeah. for it. But then <laughs> like another huge fear of mine is like, I remember when I was younger, one of we, I was dating this guy and my girlfriend was dating this other guy and we like would come down the coast and stay at theirs on the weekend and all drink and like hook up, whatever. Um. She had a period and she obviously had taken it out and tried to flush it, but it didn't flush. And then he found the tampon in the toilet the following morning. Oh, and yeah. that just like, that is my biggest nightmare. Like the thought of being somewhere and the tampon not flushing and being like mm-hmm. in the bathroom being like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Like, do I reach? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no bin. Like, cause the amount of times I've been at a guy's house and they literally don't have a bin. So you're either left yeah. to wrap it in toilet paper and put it in my makeup bag or yeah, it's, it's fucked. Try to flush. Yeah. Yeah. And I've like, definitely, I, I try not to flush them as well, but like in the past, sometimes you'd just be caught in a bind and you'd be like, right, well, the only thing to do here really is to, is to wrap it up, flush it and try to like, so try to weigh it down with more toilet paper on top of it so yeah. it doesn't float and so that it like anchors on and then, you know, like there's strategies. This is what I mean. I bet people are like, oh my fucking God, I do that too. Holy shit. You know, like no one talks about it, but like, yeah. And then sometimes it hasn't flushed and it's floated back up and I'm like, fuck. And then I've got to put heaps more toilet paper on the top, try to like make sure it's all soaked in and attached and like weighing down the tampon and then wait for the fucking cistern to fill up with water again so I can flush again. But then I'm like, oh, my God, they probably think I did a poo and it didn't flush. And, you know, like we think about this stuff. No one's really up against it. Like doing the poo. and I Dude, that is 100%. Like that happened to me the other day. Where was I? I was somewhere where I was and I was like, they're going to think I'm shitting. I can't remember. Like. A hundred percent. It's so fucking mortifying. Uh Uh-huh. Like literally even when I was a kid and, or no, not a kid. When I was, I didn't care when I was a kid, when I was a teenager and like probably up until like not that long ago, I reckon like even you don't, you didn't even want someone to hear the sound of you weeing or definitely not shitting. And so you'd make like a landing pad. Actually, that's, that's like a term my partner told me, um, the landing pad of toilet paper. Yeah. Turn the tap on, like in the, in the school bathrooms, the taps were always running. Cause like us girls didn't want anyone to hear us peeing in that big echoey room. But yeah, you'd put like a landing pad of toilet paper to like cushion the the pee or like the poo and so there wasn't a splash um yeah it's crazy how much how much effort we go to to hide these like bodily functions that everyone does hey I know it's it's wild but it's it's funny when you do talk about them which isn't which is rare (laughs) but when you align with someone and and it makes you not feel so fucking crazy yeah totally 100 (laughs) percent There's been many a times where I felt like I was a psychopath. I'm like, honestly, like, 
does anyone do this? Totally. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what my whole podcast's about is like, you're not broken. You're totally normal. Probably the experience you're having or the thing you're doing, like other people can relate. So let's talk about it and we can all realize that we're all kind of in the same boat, you know? Um, and it's so powerful. Like people, so many people message me and are like, oh my God, like I didn't know anyone else did that. And I'm like, yeah, girl, <laughs> we got you. Please. Can we talk about come? Yeah, let's do it. So, like, what's your vibe when, like, what's your routine? Because I know when a guy, like, a guy, I should say, my partner comes in me, (laughs) there's always a fucking process where you have to, like, sit on the toilet and it, like, slowly fucking drips out. (laughs) Like, it's so gross. But, like, this is something I've never spoken about either because it's, like, it feels like, TMI. So, I mean, like, what's your, like, go-to when you have cum dripping out of your pussoir? Um, uh, it depends on, like, it depends what I've got access to because I love a bit of a shower afterwards and then you've got, like, you know, if you're in there for 10 minutes, that's enough time to kind of let it – and you can squat. If you squat, it kind of, like – and you can also kind of do, like, a bearing down movement with your pelvic floor muscles as though you're pushing out a poo. That will push out some of the oh. cum, like, more quickly. Yeah, so, like, you can kind of get a bit, like – you can develop some some level of mastery over your pelvic floor muscles and they can assist. Um, but, yeah, like, even – on the toilet like you if you sneeze or you cough like you could deliberately cough and that will do the same thing it'll get your pelvic floor muscles just like pushing down and you might notice a big glob of it fall into the toilet oh. um like, next time i sit on the toilet can you yeah, imagine give it a go washing in the shower and matt opening up the door and i'm just like <laughs> watching trying to get this cum out of me like he'd be like what the fuck are you doing oh he, well he doesn't pee in the shower. I'm like, do you not know oh, pee like, in the shower? I was like, oh, what boy. a sociopath. You know, I don't like, know about this guy, hey? Shower. Yeah, literally. He's <laughs> <laughs> in the shower. Does he blow his nose in the shower to get all the snot and boogers out if he has it? God, is so perfect. He probably doesn't even blow his nose. Probably doesn't even get boogers. What a weirdo. No, I mean, That's I did him. have a golly in there the other morning, so he's got to be doing <laughs> some of that, guys. I mean, like, we is sterile and, you know, like, loogies are not. So, like, I think he, I think he's got that all backwards. But, yeah, I feel like if someone is, like, down to come inside you, then they're going to have to get around whatever fucking method you want to do to get that out because it actually changes the pH inside your vag, which can, can leave you prone to, like, thrush and UTIs and stuff. So, if it's happening pretty frequently, it's like, you know, because you've had the pH in there is quite acidic and semen is alkaline. So, it'll be changing your pH regularly if you're doing it regularly. So, I kind of like, this is a bit of a like boring answer, but I pretty much rarely have my partner come inside me because like Mm. often he practices like um, ejaculatory control or like choice. So he'll decide that he doesn't want to ejaculate. Um, so we'll have sex and whatever. And like, I'll have an orgasm and yeah, he doesn't ejaculate. He just kind of enjoys the ride. Um, and then if he does often we'll pull out, um, just cause like I, I don't use any, um, hormonal contraception or any of that. I just like track my cycle. So I use like natural mm-hmm. fertility awareness as a method. And so if I know that I'm in my fertile window and I'm like close to ovulation, then we'll make sure he pulls out. Um, and then like every now and then he'll come inside me 
and it'll be dope because it's a nice thing to share like on occasion. But because in the past I have had like issues with thrush and um, like a pH imbalance in my vagina, I'm like quite cautious now about how often I have things inside it that disrupt the pH and like cum can really like, especially if you're having like sex a couple of times in a sesh or something and you're getting came inside of like a bit, you know, it's it's a bit disruptive. So I'm I'm a bit of a like prude about that. Or well, not a prude, but I'm just like careful because I don't want to get thrush. <laughs> Dude, so true. I'm like really prone to like UTIs and thrush. Like I went through a stage last year where I was swapping between the two like week on yeah. week. It was like thrush, yeah. UTI, thrush, UTI. Have you ever had BV? Yeah, I used to, I went through this cycle of like thrush BV, thrush BV. Like I've only had one UTI before, thank fuck. It was atrocious. Oh, so many UTIs. God, dude, I, I got I got it and I was like, what the fuck? This is what people are talking about. Like this is horrific. And it, it, it turned into a kidney infection, which was just like oh. really scary. But um, yeah, like years ago I had like thrush and BV like chronically, like alternating. Um, and that's why I'm so careful now with like, yeah, my, my vag microbiome and pH balance, but it was a fucking nightmare and BV is rough. Like the smell. Fucked. I didn't know. I, the first time I got it, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, am I dying of like a serious Mm. or something? And then I went to the doctor and they were like, you've got like BV, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I've been having a similar issue recently where like I can't even believe I'm talking about this because it's so embarrassing, but there, my vagina <laughs> not been smelling right. Like it just, like you know, you just you just know you just know when like something's not right down there. Whether it's yeah. like crush or it this smells a bit different. Anyway, it hasn't been right. So I like went to the doctor a few weeks ago, got a full STD check, got a swab for like thrush, BV, came back like that. I had literally nothing. They were like, "You're fine. Like everything's mm. good," and it's still like there. So I'm like, I'm almost thinking it could be from, cause I did get lol. I got re- really boozed like a month ago, had sex. He came in me and I fe- fell asleep, but I didn't remember it happening. Whereas I am normally so religious. Like I'll finish having sex. I will get up, pee, shower, so that I avoid the whole like BV, sorry, not even BV, yeah. but like and Mm. I don't remember just falling asleep and Matt was like dude no you like you didn't go to the toilet after I was like no I I did he goes no you didn't I tried to wake you up and you just fell asleep I was like okay so I think that's what's caused it but Mm. it's not showing up in the swabs and it's I've still got this like lingering thing going on and it's like doing my head in so like, cause I don't, mm. I don't have sex. Like, cause it's that, you know, that BV stench, like it's gross. Mm. So. Oh, bummer dude. I'm sorry to hear that. It is so, it's so like, yeah, it's so demoralizing when you got a smelly pussy, man. If And it's like <laughs> BV, that fishy yeah. puss smell is so brutal. See? <laughs> it's almost nice. <laughs> it's nice and tucked away and all pretty so it's so it's well, like it could be it could be I mean sometimes there's stuff to, there's stuff that doesn't turn up in like the general like GP tests and stuff and like it totally I wouldn't I wouldn't like 
I reckon it would be just like you falling asleep with coming there, the pH getting a bit disrupted. Even like drinking a lot of booze, dietary things can make your vagina smell different because it disrupts like the microbiome and it can mean that, you know, if you have a big night on the booze, um, even like I've gotten thrush before from a partner drinking beer and then going down on me and then the yeast from the beer has like overgrown. Yeah, that's a thing. Like that is a thing. And if you drink beer or if you like – you know, get eaten out by someone who's been drinking beer, that will mean that you could potentially get like a candida overgrowth. If you're drinking alcohol, you're eating sugar, like all these things will actually affect your microbiome. And so like it might just be that while your vag is trying to like find balance again, it's producing different like smells, you know, like Mm. hopefully it clears itself up because it's so, it's so fucked when you've got stuff going on with your vagina and you're just going to like, all these appointments and like no one's because that was happening to me for a while where like it would come back with like nothing like no nothing wrong Mm. the doctors would say and I'm like yeah but I can just feel that something is wrong like something's off here and it's really rough so bummer keep me posted yeah they've given me a little like because I kind of went back and was like look it's fucking still happening they've given me like a cream to like insert so like I'm doing that at the moment but like it's just mm-hmm. so I hope that sorts it but yeah so annoying but yeah even like I got thrush once from like a guy fingering me and I reckon it was just because mm. he had washed his hands which is so gross yeah. like yeah yuck. <laughs> like going out clubbing when you're younger and then a guy fingering you and he's probably been like touching the door handles and the urinals all night oh, like don't you feel violently really. ill Oh, God. Violated by some germs, I can tell you that much. Seriously, like even just a cheesy dick, like some guys have terrible hygiene and it doesn't go well for our vaginas. Like it's a delicate balance in there. (laughs) I told you about the guy who I dated who used to pretend that he showered. Did I tell you about that guy? Oh, my God. I feel like maybe I've heard it on your podcast or maybe we talked about it, but that is a, what the fuck. And wouldn't he like wet his hair to pretend that he'd. No, he no. would like, I would like watch his undies. Like I'd be like, see if he was in the same undies and stuff. Cause <laughs> like he was a bartender at this nightclub I worked at. And then I'd got, I went over to his one time, like 5 PM the following afternoon and he was still in the same undies and like the same outfit from the night before. And I was like, yuck. And he, I've never, ever, ever in my life smelt or tasted a dick like that. Like it was like, (laughs) it was the worst thing I've ever experienced. And I was so young that I was like too nervous to say anything but, like, so I tried to, like, go about it in a sexy way. I'd be like, let's have a shower together, babe. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, why don't we have a shower? Like, you know, and he would be like, no, I showered before you came. I'm like, liar. You're wearing the same. <laughs> you fucking did. You did not shower. But, yeah, it was like I feel like that smell still haunts me to this day. Like every time he has a new girlfriend or something, I just want to message them and be like, does his dick still stink? Oh my god, that's so fucking like, funny! It was bad, like yeah, like, my life. Like, like it's honestly making me feel a bit ill. We need to change the subject. Oh yuck! All right, change subject. <laughs> um, well, that, that sort of reminded me of um, speaking of like poor hygiene and like just fucking dumb boys. Um, my partner told me this story. He's actually given me like some of the best TMI stories ever. And I've like talked about them on my potty before, but, um, 
he, you know, like that phase that maybe some never grow out of, but like, you you know, uni student chic where like boys don't ever have any fucking sheets on their bed. Oh, <laughs> yuck. Like let's sleep on my fucking mattress protector or just the mattress. Oh, dude, I did definitely don't have a mattress protector. Well, like, um, no slip. It's like a stained yellow pillow. Yeah, no pillow slip. One anyway. Pillow. <laughs> dude, yeah. I'm picturing it's like exactly, exactly that vibe. Um, Sorry. Yeah. You off again, but like fucking no, this, right. I know this guy who's actually a good friend of mine, so like, but he's like hopeless. Like he was hopeless when we were uh, young. He used to have an unzipped sleeping bag on his bed. <laughs> like, dude, dude, and he had like one pillow on his queen and an unzipped sleeping bag. I was like, can't fucking sort your <laughs> shit out. Like if I came home with you and you expected me to sleep under this fucking, like it wasn't even like a Katmandu bloody sleeping bag. It was probably from Kmart. Like, no, yeah. Yeah. Tell your story. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely seen, seen people rocking the unzip sleeping bag and it's like this fucking revolving door, like walk in, walk out. See you fucking later. I'm not having sex with someone who doesn't know how to fucking like get some basic, like, oh, anyway, um, no judgment, no judgment. So Lockie, my partner, bless him, he was one of those gross boys and probably had an unzipped sleeping bag, definitely didn't have, like, sheets and shit, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man, I can't remember the details, but he had some pretty creative and darrow, like, bed bedding sort of situations. But, um, yeah, he, like, never used to wash his, like, one pillow slip and so, and he was like banging this chick and you know that like pro, pro sex move where you chuck like a pillow underneath the girl's hips oh, if she's on the bottom it, to yeah. like lift up yeah, your like pelvis. Yeah. Um, so that it kind of like hits a better angle. So yeah, like that he would do that, put the pillow under her, under her bum while they were fucking. And then I think her like ass just like rubbed and her butthole must have smeared on the pillow slip a bunch and stuff. And he got pink eye from sleeping on that pillow and it happened to him twice. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but even like, I don't know, sometimes like when you're fucking really wet or like you use lube, it kind of can like drip out yeah. into like your ass crack area and like totally. that, think of that then going on the pillow, like let alone yeah. the pink eye situation but like sex juice being on your pillow. It's like you were just asking for fucking acne, <laughs> let, alone a, yeah. let alone pink eye. You need like a designated sex wedge. I think you can buy them. They're like it's like a it's like a wedge that's a bit firm, and you stick it under your bum so that you can like be lifted up a little bit, and then it hits your cervix just right. <laughs> Imagine if you have like a one night stand and a guy pulled out a sex wedge, you'd be like, "Get yeah, from me!" Or like, do you know what else? I hate? I hate when guys give you a towel to wipe cum off you. I don't know oh. why. It's like get some fucking toilet paper, like. I just, I don't know. I find the towel thing really gross. This one time, this girl, uh, one of my girlfriends stayed at mine and she fucked this guy in my spare room and then wiped the cum up with my brand new bath towel and then left it in the laundry sink. And I was like, bro, 
It it was like had never lived out of home before and was just like a little bit clueless with that shit. But I was like, okay, firstly, Mm. don't come and like fuck someone at my house and then like not clean up after yourself. I was like, that's disgusting. Like, so I had to then like pick up the crusty cum towel and like wash it. But like realistically, I probably should have binned it, but I was like 20, poor, and it was like a really expensive towel. So I was like, well, I've got to just fucking deal with it. Yeah, no. Waste not, one not. I would have washed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, totally. Oh, people can be pretty inconsiderate, like, when they're young. Hey, like, my sister on her 18th birthday, I took her out and had a bit of a party and she was crashing at my house that night and she, like, hooked up with one of my guy friends. I was, like, really generously kind of, like, wingmanning her or him or whatever. And I was like, you guys can just, like, sleep in my bed because it was, like, a queen bed and she had been, like, going to sleep on the couch. So I went and stayed at a friend's and just let them stay in my room. And then they fucked and, like, literally just came on my sheets and left it. I was like, what? Like, come on, guys. Pull your socks up. Or they would have thought (laughs) that, like, you wouldn't have noticed or something. As if, like, as if I wasn't going to be checking meticulously after, like, two horny fucking basically teenagers were sleeping in my bed. Like, yeah. anyway. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's so <laughs> okay, tell me another TMI story you have, even if it's right. the best one, even if you set it on your podcast, like, let's say it on here too. Okay. All right. Well, my best, I reckon my best one is one of Lockie's and I have set it on my podcast, but I think you'll die. I don't know if this is something that like all guys are doing, but I didn't know it was a thing. But basically when Locke was a teenager, he had like um, the downstairs floor of his like family home, which had its own toilet. And so he would go into the toilet to smoke bongs because it had an exhaust fan and his parents would be able to smell it. And he would every morning and we've like, we've named, we've named the move now, um, the McSevich breakfast, McSevich big brekkie, cause that's his last name. Um, but he used to every morning for his morning poo, like line it up so that he was wanking and he would ejaculate, take a shit and rip a bong at the same time. <laughs> How is that even possible? Dude, I don't know the logistics of it. It's not possible because you couldn't hold your dick and hold a bong and light the bong at the same time. I reckon he must have like brought himself to being like, you know, 95%, like almost about to come and then held the bong in between his knees while he was shitting and coming and then lit it up. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, why? <laughs> Apparently, it's the best feeling ever. It would have been like, you know how people get into like, but um, what are they called? Um, Like anal beads. And the idea is you put them in, but then the the moment that you're coming, you pull them out. And the action of them being pulled out of your anus while you're coming is like extra pleasurable. I reckon it would have been like, because how good does taking a poo feel? I reckon ejaculating and pooing at the same time and then just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He, he said it was the best ever. And I was just like, that is actually insane like so creative so like going to all this effort to like you know like just I couldn't I, I'd never heard of anything like it <laughs> that's wild like yeah yucky yuck yuck I cannot with that 
<laughs> well, he also had another one where he was really drunk at a party and was hooking up with this chick and they went out like it was like a house party and they went out to the deck and they were on the couch and he like went down on her. But I think because he was like kind of boozy, he had a bit of a vom while he was licking her pussy. And so he had to like uh, think quick and then sort of like suction his mouth around her pussy and like suck the vomit back and swallow right. it. And then it happened again, like twice or something. And he was like basically having to like make sure he like caught it all in his mouth and like on her pussy and then like suck it and slurp it back down. And like, oh God, just so sickening. Like so that she wouldn't know that he'd just like boffed on her pussy. You're making Um, it sound like such a sicko. Like sitting on the sitting on the toilet, wanking, and while smoking a bong and doing a shit, and then vomiting on a chick's pussy, like and and sucking. He said, "I know oh, what a catch." Yeah, uh, but it's so funny because, like, if you fucking met him or if you saw him, like, literally everyone falls in love with him. He's such a gorgeous specimen, and he's like the most beautiful, warm, funny, oh, like I little babe. It's just like, but it is funny, you know? It yeah, totally rogue. Oh, for sure, dude. Like, that's kind of what I love about him, though, because, like, you know, he went through that kind of gross boy phase and, like, it's very funny. And, like, the most important thing to me is just that he's not still in it, you know? Like, we have sheets on our bed and stuff. So, <laughs> totally. um, yeah. But, um, yeah, speaking of, like, all that sort of, of him, he... I think when we'd only been together, like, I don't know, a month or something and I and we had sex when I had my period another TMI, another thing that people don't talk about, period sex. And um, and so he came inside me and it was like the full moon and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so om shanti shanti bleeding on the full moon right now. Like, look at me go. And then he came inside me and I was like, well, like in Tantra, like, you know, blood magic and semen, it's like life force energy. It's like potent sort of chi. And I was like, you know, they wouldn't want us to waste it, you know, the tantric gurus. And I was kind of taking the piss, but like it is, it is a thing. So, um, to do a little ritual, I was like, "Do you, would you be down? Would you be open to putting this as a face mask on our face?" And he was just like, "Yeah, okay." And I like squatted over a jar and kind of like pushed out the blood and the jizz into a jar, and then I added some like clay and some essential oils because like I make face masks and stuff, and we turned it into a face mask and like applied it to each other, and we have like a selfie with our jizz and blood face mask and I was like, fuck, I'm going to marry this person. Like he's just so open-minded. <laughs> my guy. I mean, look, I've heard that like cum is really good for your for your skin and your face. But it is. I just don't know if I could do it. I just don't know. <laughs> but like even like if you put your period blood in plants is meant to be like a really good fertilizer. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Like, don't want to waste that shit. Do you like, do you, are you a cum swallower? I used to be. I used to be when I was younger, but it was purely for the like me trying to be like a sexy porn star and pressing the yeah. guy. Now I'm like, yeah. I don't fucking enjoy this. This makes me want to dry reach. This tastes disgusting. So I just politely excuse mm-hmm. myself and go to the sink. Like, and and I'm yeah. just not ashamed of doing it anymore. Like I used to not. And now I used to be like embarrassed if I wanted to do that. Mm. But I'm like, no, nah, mm. I don't like it. Like, why would I do something I don't enjoy? Totally. Yeah, exactly. Like even putting it on my face, like it was close enough to my nose that I could smell it. And like, I can't, I've definitely like swallowed cum like a couple of times, but like, honestly, 
almost not at all. Like I just can't do it. Um, and like, you know, I, I have with my partner like a couple of times because he's really healthy and, you know, your diet does affect the smell of your jizz and stuff like that. But even like, like I don't, I, I generally will spit or like we, he just doesn't ejaculate and then we like have sex or whatever. But um, yeah, like having it on my face was pushing it. I was like, it is really good for your skin. Um, it's got some, I can't remember what the the like compound in it is, but it's like youth, youth serum. It's like actually fucking great for your skin. Um, but yeah, like I, I was like smelling it a little bit and being like, uh, nah, I'd be fucking putting holes <laughs> in bloody doTERRA oils and that to like mask the smell. Yeah. And then I'd probably. Well, I did. I yeah. put my like favorite blend of doTERRA oils in it and then it kind of ruined that blend for me because now when I smell it, I associate it with cum Ooh. and so I couldn't use it for ages. <laughs> Devastating. And then I'd probably put so much of the essential oils in that it would like take out all the benefits of it. It did like, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, oh my God, hectic. What uh, about like, funny like sex story TMI? Um. Let me think. I've actually got like a whole bunch written down for this epi and we've, we haven't even used them because we've just been riffing, which is so funny. We we're like, oh, are we going to have enough for like two episodes? And uh, yeah, obviously. I was, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to speak about. And then I'm like, and then this time this dog ate my fucking on. <laughs> my J banger in the bloody, yeah, so good. Um, sex related stories. Well, I mean, I also had some, I also had a bunch that were sent in by listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like, there's, it's like not as sensational, like kind of, you know, in your face as some of the ones we've been talking about, but, um, a listener story she wrote in, when I started dating my relatively new partner, I got my period. It went on the sheets as I leaked through and then got blood spatters, like splatters on the carpet somehow. I was so embarrassed as society has taught us to be, but he took charge, told me to focus on me and that he would clean the blood on both the carpet and sheets. He told me to also only ever use cold water to remove blood stains and then went and bought me navy blue sheets for when I have my bleed. Beautiful men exist. Oh, that's a nice one. I love that. That's so yeah. nice. That's so nice. Oh, that's almost like a TikTok trend at the moment, like where it's like how you guys should be on the period on your period, and it's like she's like, "I got my period." He's like, "Oh, babe, I'm canceling my plans," and he like goes out and buys her like chocolate and shit. I'm like, oh, oh my god, so cute. Okay, so I have like a fucked up story. So I, I think <laughs> I've told this on the pod before, but it's still like TMI. Ugh. But um, pretty much like I, this guy came over and he was like obsessed with me and just like really trying to like seal the deal. But we like hadn't had sex. And he like came <laughs> over and he like got into my bed and like got on top of me and we were like making out. And I don't know why, but he'd always try and like dry hump me. Like there was no like, I'm going to like finger you and like, you know, like get some foreplay happening. But he literally just started like dry humping me. And it was like, you know, I was obviously like kind of horny. So I like went with it. Anyway, dry humping, dry humping, dry humping. I shit you not. He then comes onto my fucking pajama pants from dry humping me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, 
not. Wait, so did he like not have pants on and you had pajamas? How did the cum, did it soak through his pants or did he have his dick out? No, his di- I think like it came out of like, you know, like how guys. The waistband. Like, their dick into their waistband. Yeah, it like came out of there. But like <laughs> dick was in the pants, like clothed, like, and he came. And I was like, is this fucking legit? Like it was a moment of like. How how did you just come from that? Like, am I am I that hot? No, just kidding. But like, it was, <laughs> it was weird. So yeah, I just feel like so many fucking weird stories like that. Oh, dude, I reckon. Like, how how big was dry humping when you're a teenager? I feel like that's like all we used to do because like I wasn't at the level where like I would have sex or whatever. But you'd like be on a couch, like fully clothed, just like fucking grinding yeah. yourself silly. Like, did you guys used to do a lot of dry humping when you were a teenager? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like yes. love a little dry hum, but then like I'd hate yeah. like I was wearing jeans and like he'd like a, a button up zipper instead of a zipper or something mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. buttons were rubbing on your pussy and it fucking hurt. Like yeah. Yeah. it just like wasn't a good time. I reckon I had my first orgasm ever when I was dry humping my first boyfriend and I was on top and I like – because I never, like, touched myself. Like, I never masturbated. I had so much, like, fear and shame around, like, all of that stuff. Um, and so, like, we are making out. We hadn't, like, done – I don't even think we'd done any, like, fingering kind of stuff. Like, I was, like, too scared to do any of that. But I was, like, on my single bed in my childhood home, like, humping, like, dry humping my boyfriend with like our clothes on and I remember just like feeling this like state of like ridiculous euphoria and like positivity and like just ecstasy I guess like fully like I can still remember my first orgasm and I was like everything is good in the world I feel so happy and everything's so fucking dope like and I guess that was yeah that was an orgasm and I didn't know like I didn't know what to expect or like whatever but I remember yeah like my my like grinds getting more, you know, like, like I got more and more into it and I was trying to like, cause I was so like full of shame around sexuality and pleasure. I like tried to hide it if I had like an orgasm or if I was in pleasure, I didn't want the other person to know, which is like so crazy. Why do you it was a thing. I don't know. It's almost like I was ashamed to like, um, like, like I would not make sound and I'd try to, you know how your breath starts getting kind of like heavy. I would try to like hide the way my breath was getting heavier and like make it sound normal just because I don't know. It's like, I didn't want to lose composure in front of them or them to see me in this like state, which like, maybe it was a vulnerability thing, like being like orgasm and stuff. You, It's kind of vulnerable to be in but mm. I don't know. It's really, yeah. And I mean, that's why I went on this huge journey of like self-work and sexual healing and then wound up becoming like a sex therapist because I was like super messed up in that department. And like, yeah, it's kind of a cool story because I was like, yeah, I had my first orgasm and it was really ecstatic and this and that. But then the second part of that was like, my boyfriend probably didn't even know because I was trying to hide it because I was ashamed, you know? Yeah. And, like, mm. what kind of things did you do to get over that shame, I guess? Um, oh, like, years of work on it, like, personal development type work. So, going to um, 
like sexuality based workshops and trainings, doing different sacred sexuality and tantric trainings um, and like retreats and stuff where you'd just be there for like a week and fully immerse yourself in like going through like what your sexual trauma history was, your belief systems around sex and pleasure, you know, how your family talked about sex growing up, whether you had um, like a sex positive environment or whether there was a lot of guilt and shame and taboo and stigma that was kind of like tarnishing the way that you saw your body and your womanhood and, you know, so like just kind of delving into like the underlying stuff and then like changing those beliefs, rewriting the stories that I had, you know, all the stuff that I kind of told myself about sex and just kind of like reframing it all and and then just practicing like getting com- more and more comfortable with it over time with, um, with, I guess, being exposed to people in that field who were very like open and sex positive. Like the more people like that I met, the more lovers I had like that, the more conversations I had about sex, like each time it would sort of like dismantle another layer of shame or like Mm. you know whatever so I think it was just like a slow process of like quite a lot of intensive work around it but that wouldn't be like necessary for everyone that was just my journey with it um yeah but I'm so freaking glad I did it oh my god good on you pretending that you're not orgasming (laughs) yeah well I had an issue where like I couldn't come for so many years and I was like Mm. is there something wrong with me and I was like what the fuck's going on whereas now like I can fully orgasm through like normally through sex like I find it harder to come from my clitoris like Mm, you know I mean like if I have a vibrator sure but like very rarely like through head or I could never come from a guy just from my clit like I don't think that's ever happened to me yeah dude same and it's funny though because I think that's kind of uncommon I think it's usually the opposite way around like every client I speak to is like I can only come through clitoral stimulation or from oral or whatever and then penetrative sex doesn't do it for me um but it's the other way around for me like I need to have something inside my person so if your head it's got to have a finger in there on my g-spot if we're fucking like then I've got the penetration and I'm good to go but like it is, it is funny, like, yeah, the difficult, uh, the things that people find difficult and stuff. Um, and it's all super normal and like explainable and workable. Um, but it's, yeah, it's crazy because like, I think our, our predicament about not really getting off on just the clitoral stuff is like way less common. Mm, totally. I remember the first time I came from head and it was like, I, I was, it was this guy, I was in Berlin and I like had this European romance with this guy and like it kind of extended, like he almost moved to Bali to be with me. Like, you know, we had this like full on obsession with each other and I, he was, he was amazing in bed, but like, like still to this day, I've never had anyone go down on me like him. Um, well, Matt's like probably can hear me. Um, (laughs) but, but like, I remember the first time I came and I was like, I'm normal. Like it was just this like relief that it could happen. Cause I was like, I just, I can't like, it was, it was almost like I'd built so many walls up around the whole coming from head that it was like, I wasn't letting Mm -hmm. myself do it. And then I did. And I was like, you know, it's like almost this, like, you realize you can do it and it's just like being yeah. in the right space and like hitting the right spots. And it was from him going down on me and also having a cheeky little finger in there. Like it's like I, I needed both Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely, totally. And I think like, yeah, so so many people are like, oh my God, like I love oral, like I love getting my pussy licked, like that's the only thing that does it to me, blah, blah, blah. So I also used to have that belief that like I was like super weird and there was something wrong with me. And then I think I found like, I mean, obviously, like now that I work in this realm, I know that that's not the case. But yeah, I also um, found at one point this like, I don't know if it was like a Facebook group or community or like just a post or something, but it was like chicks who were like, um, I don't get off from getting gone down on. It doesn't do it for me. It's just like a slippery goldfish flopping around down there. And I was like, yes, oh my God. And then there were so many other people, other women that were like, 100% that's me too. Like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. And so like, there's different strokes for different folks. Like, yeah, you can guarantee that like, you're not broken and you're probably normal and there's heaps of other people that can relate. It's just that like, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, that thing, like, oral sex or squirting or something like that is getting like heaps of airtime right now and so you're like oh man what's wrong with me but like (laughs) but yeah it's so true and like you know yeah I enjoy someone going down on me but it's not like my fucking be all and end all like I could easily go without that whereas some girls are like fucking love it like you know yeah so yeah it's, it's an interesting one but I guess that just comes back down to everyone's bodies being so different and people having different things that get them off and mm, totally yeah, and figuring out what yeah. yours is. Yeah, exactly. Big time. So I guess before we wrap on up and head over to your pod, um, I would love to ask what your sex tip is for the week for my listeners. Mm, well, I guess like, it, it might not like work for everyone because of what we were just literally just saying. And like, you know, people's clitoris might be like a slightly higher up from their vaginal opening than others. So like, it depends on your bodies and stuff, but I find like my favorite thing ever, really reliable way that I'll always have an orgasm. And this is like, again, like if this doesn't work for you or if it doesn't work for you the first few times, like, don't worry. Like you're not, you're not like broken or abnormal. Um, but I would recommend giving it a crack because I think like so many women um, don't like going on top because they feel self-conscious and like it's performative and stuff and, and they don't enjoy um, they don't enjoy it because of that. But like for me, going on top and like kind of leaning my torso forward and grinding back like back and forth rather than because I think people are like I don't like going on top but they're like sit they like doing it like porn like they're sitting up straight upright so that it's visually appealing for the dude and they're just bouncing on his dick like they're just going up and down like with the dick going in and out and it's like well yeah that's not gonna fucking feel good for like a vagina it's gonna feel good for the guy no wonder you don't like it but what I do is like I go on top which means I can like fully control the pace, the rhythm, the depth, like how how deep he is inside me. And it's like my kind of terrain, you know, like, and sometimes I'll even get annoyed. Like if they put their hands on my hips and try to like bounce me or try to, I'm just like fucking get off. Like, don't touch me. I'm riding your dick. 
mm. in the way that feels good to me. So Absolutely. I like to kind of Sorry, like grind. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like what happens there is like you've got the penetration inside and you've also, if you're kind of like angling yourself forward by like leaning down. So you could like lean your torso down to basically be like kissing them or like, you know, I'll kind of put my hands underneath their like neck and then I'll just like use my hips to like grind um, rather than bouncing up and down or going in and out. I just grind um, more horizontally and that means that you've got the penetration and you've got the clit stimulation at the same time because your pubic mounds are like grinding. So, yeah, how good is it? It, That's how I come on top. That's like literally my favourite thing ever and it's like, yeah, it's kind of like when a guy, when you're sitting on top of a guy and, you know, they grab your hips and like like push you back and forth. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that, but like almost doing it yourself. But yeah, with you, yeah. with your clitoris getting rubbed as well. It's it is yeah. fucking sensational. I yeah. that's actually yeah. how it made me come for the first time. Epic, love yeah. that. Well, I mean, it's I guess like a. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. Whenever someone's like, oh, I don't like being on top, I'm like, okay, well, talk me through what that looks like for you because I guarantee if you tweak it and you angle your body so that you're getting clit stimulation and penetration and you're in control of like the depth and the pace and then I guess like the other element is like are they feeling really self-conscious because, you know, they're like on top and they've, they're like being watched or they're, um, they're feeling performance anxiety and stuff. That is also another element. But, you know, once you get rid of that and you're feeling confident and you trust the person, that like physiologically is a really good way to get all the right things stimulated at the same time. Um, yeah, and it's great. So that's my tip. Yeah, and, and I, th- I feel like the thing is, is in that position as well, you kind of don't have to have your body so like, you know, if you are a little bit self-conscious, it's not so much like I kind of lean forward so it's not so like me sitting up. So it's you kind of like, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, you could have your chest like down pressed against their chest so they can't even see you at all. Like really, like sometimes, yeah, there's ways you can do it that you don't feel like you're just like sort of this sitting duck that's like, for everything, everything out, like for everything to be seen and stuff, which, you know, like maybe the guys are into that because they've watched a bunch of porn and the titties are bouncing around and the chick's like sitting up there. But it's like that's actually just not that great for the girl. And often it feels too deep. Often like depending on the size of the dick and the length of their vaginal canal, that could be way too deep for the woman to actually enjoy it because it would just be smashing up against her cervix. Totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been such a fun episode. I know we always have the best time. So, guys, we're going to head over to Freya's podcast. I will put it in the show notes so you guys can get a link to it. Um, it is, you want to just tell like what your Labia Lounge pod is about? Yeah. So, the Labia Lounge is basically a podcast. It's, it's like, you mid- get a Labia. Is that what? I think I think you can say labia or labia. Okay, I think it's, it's just a pronunciation thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's all about like womanhood, sexuality, relationships, communication, like intimacy. There's a bunch of shit about like motherhood and dating, and it's kind of just like yeah, personal development and holistic health with a sexuality 
uh, angle to it because like I am a sex coach and I massage vaginas for a living. So this is like kind of my jam. So it's all, it's all that good stuff. And then, you know, TMI is a segment that I have in every episode where I ask like guests for a TMI story. Um, and I found those were so fun and so beneficial for people that, yeah, now we're just doing like entire episodes of TMI um, as a little treat. So, yeah, can't wait to see you all over there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, click on the link down below and we'll do a part two for some TMI stories. Um, but thank you all so much for listening and I will see you all next week. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. <laughs>